0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. So today we're going to talk about voting. And it's not going to be boring. So stop touching that dial. It will be interesting several aspects that I thought would be interesting to talk about. I saw you uh, posted recently that you have received Mm
1: -hmm. your
0: absentee ballot just recently in the mail. Today. I got it today. Oh, today. And so, of course, expats overseas who are United States citizens still have the right to vote. Of course, yeah. I thought it would be kind of interesting for you to first just tell us how the heck you get a ballot over in Italy or anywhere, really, if you're
1: a United States citizen. Is it too late, by the way, if, if you hadn't already? No, 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 I don't think it's too late. It really depends on what state you're a resident of, though. And when I say resident, I don't mean like you're physically living there in the States. All you need is an address. It can be your mom's address. You don't even have to ever have lived there. I use my mom's address in Arizona. I have literally never lived there. I mean, it's the classic permanent address. Like when you're in college and they ask for your permanent address and you give your parents address, it's the same thing. So I just want to say that for people who live in Italy or other European countries could be the same. Residence in Italy is a very specific thing. And when you declare your residence, the police actually come to your house and they check to make sure that you live there. Like they definitely check to see that your name is on the buzzer. That's like the law, it has to be there. And then I don't know if they actually ring the bell and make sure you're there, but it's a real deal. And you have to actually live there a certain number of months a year. So that's why I say it's not nearly as strict to the States even if you've lived abroad for 20 years, as long as you're a U.S. citizen and you you can convince somebody to let you be, you know, give their address as your permanent address, then you can vote there. So it depends on the state and you have, you'll have to look into it. But there are, and we'll put the links to this in our show notes today. And we'll also put it on our social media sites today. But there are websites that will help you. I think one is called votefromabroad.com. But Check the show notes just in case because I might not get that exactly right at this moment. And these are nonpartisan organizations that will basically hook you up. They have all of the the links for every single state because every single state you're going to have to register in a different way depending on the state's rules. So some states you you actually don't have to re-register every year. You just have to do it once. Register like as a you know voting from abroad. And they will just send you your ballots by email every election, including minor elections. Other states like Arizona, I have to re-register every year. I don't mean register to vote, but re-register to vote from abroad or vote absentee. I have to do it every year. And I usually get an email from them in the first month or two of the year, just reminding me and I just have to fill out you know I have to print out a form and I have to fill it out and sign it and I have to scan it and just upload it onto their site but once you do that and I think you have to create like an account for yourself with a password and stuff so it's official and no one can go and vote in your place and just say oh I'm Tiffany Parks I'm gonna vote for her so it's actually quite secure and again I'm speaking from Arizona I don't Know what other states do. In the pictures, it looked like you got a paper ballot, but did they actually email it to you? Yeah, it was a screenshot from my phone actually. So they send me an email every election, and this is the third election of the year, I believe, for Arizona because we had the um, primary and then we had the primary for the Senate, which was back in August, and now, of course, the November election. So they sent me an email with two attachments and the first attachment was basically the instructions and the second attachment is the actual ballot and so you print it out this is again i'm speaking for arizona other states you actually have to go to the post office and physically mail it back but arizona you can upload it on the internet and so you just print it out you fill it out there's very detailed instructions you have to sign it of course and you can have a cover letter which is optional the cover letter is so that you can have your vote be anonymous i mean it can be secret so people are like confidential, I guess is the word. So um, people can't see your name. If you were worried about somebody looking at your vote, I could care less. So I don't usually put the cover sheet on, but they do give an option to do that. You go onto their site, you log in with your credentials, and then there's a place where you could upload it. And you upload like each individual page. You have to scan it, obviously, after you've signed it, and then you upload it. It sounds complicated, but it's actually pretty simple. I mean... It would be hard if you had like zero computer skills at all. But if you have, I mean, I don't have a scanner. I just use the thing on my phone, the app to scan it. And that works. And and I can do it pretty quickly. So I'm
0: curious because I know you can vote. Since you're now an Italian citizen, you can vote there as well. You can. Have you ever actually voted at a polling place? Only in Italy. (laughs) I never have because I guess Washington state where I live went to a vote by mail system so long ago. Did they? Well, I don't know how long ago. I don't remember. I remember being at a polling place while a friend was voting. So I have seen it. I've seen how it works. Why would I not have been voting that year? Maybe you weren't old enough. Yeah, or maybe I wasn't old enough. Maybe I had just gotten back from college, so I hadn't registered yet or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've seen a polling place in action, but I've voted from home for so long <laughs> that truly, truly lazy to not have to go anywhere. It, it's the most fantastic thing.
1: It really is. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I've i never voted at a polling place in the United States because the very first election I voted in, I was in college, and I was living in Massachusetts. And I was, of course, still registered in Washington state. So I voted absentee. And then directly after that, I moved to Canada for grad school. So I voted absentee again from Canada. And then when I moved back to Boston after living in Canada for two and a half years, I just never changed my permanent address to Massachusetts, even though I had I'd been there for so long. And then a year later, I moved to Italy, so. So there you go. I've always voted absentee, but uh, since I became an Italian citizen, I have voted in Italian elections. In fact, there's one coming up next week that I'm definitely gonna be voting in. It's funny, I, I have no idea what American voting places are like, polling places, I've never done it. And I do probably imagine that they're not always the same from place to place.
0: Yeah, surely.
1: But in Italy in Italy it's always the same like there's one way that they do it and I really really like it. What is it? So usually they're in schools uh, and they actually have to close the schools for like a week because they have to get them ready and then now that there's COVID they're gonna have to like disinfect them after it's gonna be a big hassle but anyway they do them in schools you have okay first of all you get a voting card in the mail. I did not register to vote. It just arrived shortly after I became an Italian citizen. And I think what they do is they probably send them out to every citizen when they turn 18 or any new citizens. Mm. Like I said, I did not register for it. It just arrived at my residence. And it's a piece of paper, sort of folded up several times. On the front, it has your name and your address. And it's very official looking. And then inside, there are all these little squares, like empty boxes, big empty boxes. And each one represents an election. So every time you vote, you bring it with you. You have to bring photo ID. So I will admit that, you know, there is that rule. But in Italy, everybody has photo ID. Like it's the law kind of to have it. I think it's the law. Everyone has what they call the carta d'identità, the identity card. It's just something that you get I think, again, when you turn 18 or maybe even before that. So everyone has photo ID, so it's not a political issue. So you show up, you have your photo ID, you have your election card, and also everyone has a polling place and it's really close to your house. Ideally, you could walk there if you needed to. So, I mean, this is so that everybody has the opportunity to vote because again, it's not a political thing. I mean, maybe I'm being naive. I don't know. Maybe an Italian person would say otherwise. But that's how it seems coming from my perspective as an American. So you show up. You have a number. Like Everyone has a special voting number that's like their ID number. And so when you get to the school or wherever it is you're voting, they have different rooms. Like every classroom has like 4,951 to 4,958 or whatever. But of course, the numbers are bigger than that. But you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So
1: you go to your specific room where you vote you go in there's someone at a table they check your ID they check this card to make sure that you haven't voted already then they give you your ballot and the ballot <laughs> and this is what's just so just so strange like I really don't think that American elections are like this but then again I don't have a lot of experience it's like a huge piece of paper that that folds out after you go into a little booth with like a curtain's very private and you open this thing up of course, there are different types of elections, but let's just say it's an election for the prime minister. It's a parliamentary system, so you don't vote for a person. You vote for the party. I don't want to go into all the, the details of it because I don't even necessarily understand it completely myself, but they basically has on this huge piece of paper, there's all of the logos of the different parties. And you you make a huge X with a pencil or a pen. You make a big X over the party you want to vote for. And obviously you should know who the leader of the party is. (laughs) Um, But if you don't know, if you go outside, they have like a big board with all of the parties and all of the leaders of the party. So you know who would become prime minister if that party won. So you do this and basically you fold it back up. And you take it out and there's a box, like a big cardboard box with a slot in the middle yep. on the top. And they watch you and you just put it in and then they take your card and they put a stamp on it with the date of the election and then they sign it so that if I were to come back later in the afternoon and they looked at my voting card, they would see that I had already voted. So I couldn't vote again. So
0: if the the logos of the party were more simple, it could be a smaller piece of paper. <laughs> I think it's so big because there's
1: so many parties. Oh, I see. How many parties would you estimate? 12, maybe? Hmm. 15? The last major election, I'm going to be honest, and you know, I might have already said this if we were to go back into our archives, but I didn't vote for the last major election. I always vote in like the referendums and the small election and the election for the mayor and stuff. I went to vote. I was there. I was in the car, and... I was talking to Claudio about it. Again, I don't want to go into Italian politics, but basically, the two choices were just so bad that I I couldn't bring myself to vote for either of them. And looking back, I wish I had voted anyway. And Claudio was like, "Why didn't you just vote for the Green Party if you really didn't want to vote for the you know the Partito uh, Democratico? I can't remember what it's called." which you, it sounds good, but it's, uh, it's got some issues. Or, you know, obviously I wasn't going to vote for the Lega, which had aligned with the Cinque Stelle. It's, it's totally a mess. So I just can't in good conscience vote for any of these people because I come from a place where if you vote for a third party, you're throwing your vote away. So I'm not even going to vote for a third party, but that's not how it works in Italy. Because in Italy, like every single vote really does count. And so even a party that gets very few votes, they still, those votes will count up to a certain number of parliamentary seats for them. So if you really want to do a protest vote, quote unquote, or a vote anyways that just to vote your conscience, it makes a little bit more sense than in the United States, where I feel like you, you're sometime, you sometimes voting for the lesser of two evils. Because to vote for a third party is just, you might as well not vote. So I learned a lesson there. And I won't let that happen again.
0: Interesting. Interesting. On A totally different note.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a huge rambling aside. We were meant to be talking about the American election. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. All of you who are just
0: just starting over there in Italy to get involved in Italian politics are now like, oh, this is going to take a lot more (laughs) sorting out. No, yeah, that's
1: why I'm not, I'm not that involved. Yeah, I try to follow it a little bit, but I can't really like get my husband's advice for it, because we don't really agree on politics. Not to say that he's this like far right conservative. He isn't. But he sees things a little bit more differently than I do. So I don't, uh, I don't really trust him.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. What I've found interesting, during this time of COVID, where everything's online and different, is because there's a lot of political fundraisers and efforts going on right now in the United States for both parties. And I think that some of the fundraisers that they're doing have been very creative. And the one that I went to last week was a fundraiser that brought together the entire cast of The Prince's Bride beloved movie from the early 80s love that movie every member of the cast who is still alive came together
1: to do a reading of the script every single one yep everybody who was still alive but wait can i ask a question because i saw little clips of that yes the boy who played the little boy at the beginning From the Wonder Years? he's still alive.
0: He's still alive, but he wasn't on it. That's true. And I'm not really sure why. It could have been that they wanted a child. Okay. To play a child part. Okay. I think it would have been funnier if Fred Savage had done it. But I don't know what went on behind the scenes there. But everybody else got together. They did a a full read of the entire script. Brilliant. Then did a 45-minute Q&A. And when you signed up to attend the fundraiser, you could submit a question. So maybe your question would get chosen I should also say that they, for anybody who had died, they replaced that person with another actor. Obviously if you know The Prince's Bride, Andre the Giant died not that long after making that movie and he was replaced by a modern day actor who, I'm forgetting who it was, but man, he was so good at it. He could have been channeling Andre the Giant for as far as I can tell. He was. (laughs) He was great, but you wouldn't have thought that a table read of a script would be entertaining. But It went by so quickly,
1: and it's such a clip, and it was so fun to see what everybody looked like. Wesley looks exactly the same. How did that man not age even a minute? Yes. He looked gorgeous.
0: And also, I thought some of them committed to the form better than I've seen. We've all been in tons of Zoom meetings and stuff, and some of them played with the camera so well. If they were threatening somebody, they were right up on the camera, or leaning back. Some of them just played it so well. And then Billy Crystal, who plays kind of an elfin type guy in, uh-huh. in one scene of the movie, had decorated his entire background to make it look like he was in the workshop.
1: Oh my God, I love Billy Crystal. That's so cool.
0: And he was wearing a little elfin hat. Anyway, I'm not going to describe the whole thing because how boring for all of you who missed it. <laughs> but, but I just thought it was such a clever idea of something that we wouldn't have thought of, or that wouldn't have been possible in other elections. In another time, yeah. In any other election, if somebody said, we're going to get the whole cast of The Princess Bride together online, and we weren't so used to going to online events, I just don't feel like a million people would have turned out to
1: watch. Is that how many people watched? Wow. I
0: thought that was really clever. Later in the week, that same group got together the full cast of Parks and Recreation to do a conversation, I just think it's interesting how inventive people are being and one of the things I've been doing because I kind of when a, an election that has this much at stake is coming up everybody's I think in the United States is a little bit more interested in politics than they might normally be right now it's been kind of hard to just sit around and wait for it to happen
1: yeah I'd say. so these
0: events kind of give you somewhere to put your energy or you know me I like writing letters I've been writing letters to voters who, for whatever reason, are on a list of likely to not turn out to vote. Maybe they've been registered for a long time and they just don't, they just don't show up. Mm. So I've been writing letters to them. And it's these form letters that are like, the reason I think voting is important is because, you know, and then you just have a little white space to fill in. (laughs) And you have the name of the person and, you know, their address and you know me, I like to make things really personal. So I'm talking about voting, but I'm also writing little notes on the side based on where they live and stuff. That's so cool. A thing that people could do today, like an event that they could actually do today if they were thinking, yeah, man, I want to write to people who might not vote. (laughs) And this is hooked to, to actually today, September 21st, the day this is coming out. But the entire cast of Hamilton, is getting together to do kind of a kickoff event for writing these people that might not vote, Cool. to explain how it works. And I'm already doing it, so I don't need to know how it works, but I still might show up to the event. And it is today at 4.30 if you're in the Pacific Coast, and 7.30 if you're on the East Coast. Tiffany can put the link in the show notes, but it's just voteforward.org, but that's vote with FWD.org you know, like forward shortened vote fwd.org. And at the top of that page, you'll just see a link that says Hamilton event and just register that you're coming. Now
1: let me ask you a question. How many have that written 40 letters? My gosh, Katie, good job. I'm impressed. I mean, it's only a couple lines. It's only still it's like a
0: paragraph.
1: Let me ask you a question. Are these snail mail letters or are they emails? No, they're snail mail letters, handwritten because I would do it Except postage is so expensive from Italy. It's like over two euros to send a letter. So that would be a big commitment.
0: Much easier to do if you're over here in the United States.
1: Yeah. You obviously put in the uh, the money for the stamps, I assume.
0: Yes. In fact, I just had to order more. I ran out. Oh, well, that's very cool. Yeah. It just makes you feel like you could do something. And you get to hang out with Hamilton. Did Was Hamilton a big deal over there in Italy when it came
1: out? No. Absolutely zero, nothing. No, zero. of course not. <laughs> Hamilton does not exist over here. <laughs> People are like,
0: what's the story of the founding fathers of the United States?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, to be honest, there are very few Broadway plays that have made it over here.
0: Which one has? Um, I think uh, Grease. Oh, Grease. <laughs> um, Interesting.
1: Grease has made it over here. Uh, I don't think Cats. I've never seen Cats. Mary Poppins. Mm. Mary Poppins, for sure. I think a lot of stuff that appeals to kids they'll bring over and they'll translate. But very, very few things and nothing that's really recent. It's all sort of old stuff. Oh, chorus line. I've seen a chorus line over here. And what they usually do is they perform the the music in English, but then all the dialogue is in Italian. Wow. (laughs) So it's kind of weird.
0: I remember from living there that a new production of Romeo and Juliet was going up hmm by this celebrated translator of Shakespeare have you ever actually seen translated Shakespeare
1: I have more than once and I mean it's hard to say I mean it's never going to be the same not even close if the company is very good it has a chance of being interesting simply because the stories are interesting but to me you cannot separate Shakespeare from the language you just can't do they try to
0: translate it so it's also in iambic pentameter
1: um i don't think so i don't think so i think they translate it straight up hmm. uh, modern italian because i mean how could you translate it into you know how could you even try
0: i mean you'd have to be a genius
1: yeah in your own right yeah The reason I sometimes go to the Globe Theater in Rome is because it's just such a fun thing to do, because they've recreated, you know, this miniature version of, or maybe a full size version of the Globe Theater in Villa Borghese, and it's only open sort of in the warmer months of the year, and it's open air, and it's just when you go there, it's, it's one of those time travel things, you know, you really feel like you're you're back in time because. The, the setting is so authentic and you look down, you know, because it's all these levels. So you're sitting up high and you're looking down and you can see the stars above you and it's a warm night and it's nice for that. But the, the language is just disappointing. It's just <laughs> never going to be quite the same. They do have a British theater company come every year and they do one show a year, not this year, unfortunately, but they do do one show a year, usually every September in the original language. So sometimes you can see it. But, but back to the story at hand. Do you know any other ways that we can get involved? Even someone like me, I feel like I want to be involved, but I kind of feel like as an expat, I'm like, what can I do from over here? Like I can't knock on doors. I mean,
0: maybe the best thing that you can do is help other expats figure out how to
1: vote. Yeah, and I've been, I have been trying to do that every so often on my uh, on my Instagram. I will post some links to the vote from abroad site, things like that. But yes, I. Or just, I think what one thing that every single person can do is you can call up a few friends. Ideally, you'd call up a few friends every week, maybe, and say, hey, are you registered? So funny, one of my friends who we used to work together and, you know, he's always bitch about politics, and she called me, I mean, we probably had other things to talk about, but at a certain point she said, so, um, have you got your voting sorted? Oh, it it was so endearing. It was like, "Oh, you're like making sure all your friends are voting. That's great." <laughs> oh, so and I was like, yeah, so "I know. It was really cute." So, we can do that. We can call our friends and make sure that they know what to do if they don't and, you know, give them a friendly nudge if they haven't done it yet. I mean, it's so
0: interesting being a woman in the United States and uh, probably tons of other countries actually. You know, historically, we have not been able to vote for very long. And I feel like as a young person, I just totally took that for granted. I'd be like, if I don't feel like voting, what the heck?
1: Yeah. As
0: I got older, I just thought, man, women fought so hard and so frustratingly long and got turned down so many times.
1: They got jailed. Yeah. (laughs) They got
0: beaten. And basically told again and again and again at a very basic level, what you think about things doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Let the men over here solve things for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the older... The, I get the more I learn about the history of exactly how hard they fought, the more I'm like, hey, I can sit on my couch and send a ballot in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's the least I can do. Yeah. And and I just felt like this election, I wanted to do a little more. So now I'm writing letters. That's awesome.
1: I think that that's a common thing for all young people to not, to t- to take their vote for granted. But I do think that this, the young generation of today, the 18 to 22, 25 year olds of today are a bit different. Uh, and maybe it's just because of this historic moment we're living through. But I I see my young uh, nieces and nephews, not my youngest ones, but my, I should say my older nieces and nephews, the ones who are that age, posting on social media things about politics and stuff. And I'm like, I would have not, not had any idea about anything going on when I was that age. And I feel like that is changing a little bit today. Do you know that in Italy, women didn't get the right to vote until something like 1948? Oh, wow. Yeah. It was not until after they voted to become a republic as opposed to, you know, the kingdom of Italy after World War Two. so.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: I know. It's insane. It's so late. It seems so late. But you were mentioning earlier, and I just wanted to, this is a very totally unrelated thing. But you mentioned this episode is going up on September 21st. September 21st is the day I arrived in Italy 16 years ago. Oh, really? So happy anniversary to me.
0: Yeah. Wow. How do you happen to remember that? Well, I I have a really good head
1: for dates. Uh, I remember dates. I can remember the birthdays of people that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Not that I remember everybody's birthday, but if I remember your birthday once, I'm going to remember it forever. I can remember the dates that things happened, even things that don't necessarily seem super important. So I just remember, I remember I left the 20th of September and I arrived on the 21st, right around the the fall equinox as well. And yeah, it was a big deal for me, as you can imagine. Yes. And so I never forgot it.
0: So Given the fact that, because of our time difference of nine hours difference between where mm-hmm. I am and where you are, that you will not be hanging out with the Hamilton cast because you'll be <laughs> sleeping. I'll be sleeping. Are you going to do something to celebrate tonight? Tonight,
1: <laughs> um, your 16 years. It's a Monday night. Probably not. Probably not, Katie. I'll maybe have a glass of wine. Toast to myself. Toast to this wonderful decision that I made to try and make a life for myself in this crazy frustrating and amazing country and got a pretty awesome life out of it, including wonderful husband and son. So yeah, probably that, probably take, probably have a glass of wine.
0: That sounds great. Well, we should leave it there on that high note, I think. (laughs) Congratulations, 16 years. That's, that's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. And I don't know. I want to throw a deadline on the Pollyanna episode. Yes. Because I kind of want to do it.
1: Yeah, I do too.
0: So it doesn't become one of those episodes where we're like, we're going to do this and then I forget. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like the uh, road trip one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that'll happen eventually. Once we get to be able (laughs) to do road trips again. But so people listening, this is your deadline. I want to hear your silver linings from this pandemic. Right now. (laughs) Right (laughs) now. Um, We've gotten two. And I get it. Everybody's running around with school and stuff. You can record this with the kids screaming in the background. I'm fine with it. Yeah,
1: they're registering to vote is what they're doing. Okay, that's also fair. They're on the phone with their friends trying to convince people to vote. That's
0: fair too. You know, you don't have to send us something. Mm -hmm. Maybe you haven't seen a silver lining about this thing in months. I get that. But if you have, if there's anything good that's come of this... We're going to try to pull those things out of the wreckage that is everything else. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: (laughs) How cheerful and optimistic of you, Katie.
0: Any little silver lining is welcome. One of the silver linings we received. This is the small one. They gave a big one, but they also gave a small one. I'll use this as a tantalizing thing. This particular listener no longer has to worry about going to the grocery store and getting caught with small talk in the small town that she lives in, because with the mask on, and if she doesn't fix her hair as good, and she dresses more casually, she's not as recognizable. And so <laughs> she's finding that, you know, all that chit chat that she used to have to endure on a quick trip to the grocery store, she doesn't have to endure anymore. <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's brilliant. And can I just throw in one more? And I know we're not doing the Pollyanna episode today, but I just, you made me think of it. Okay. And I won't remember this when we actually tape it. The other day, I had bought this container for like sugar, flour, whatever, you know what I mean? But it's made of blackboard material so you can write on it with chalk. And I bought this pen that's supposed to be like a chalkboard pen and it didn't work. It didn't work and it didn't when I was shaking this pen and I was shaking it and I was shaking it and I was shaking it and finally it kind of exploded and white stuff went everywhere. It didn't explode. It ended up working, but it kind of a whole bunch of it came out. So, Claudia just walked in. So, if there's a little bit more noise in the background, that is why. To cut a long story short, I went to pick up Aurelio from school and uh, I stopped and talked to one of the other moms and I stopped to talk to one of the teachers and I picked up Aurelio and I took him home and when I got home, I looked in the mirror and there were these little white dots on my face, like around my mouth. There wasn't anything up on my forehead or near my eyes. But there was like a dot, like a couple dots above my lip and like on my chin and some on my cheeks. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. And I got so embarrassed. I was like, I was talking to these people and they saw this white stuff all over my face. And then I realized, wait a second, I had a mask on. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> they didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so relieved. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> and I was thinking also about like how many times we get embarrassed because we've got like spinach between our teeth or lipstick on our teeth. It's not a problem anymore. Not anymore. Yep.
0: <laughs> you have bad breath, no problem.
1: No problem. So if you have a silver
0: lining, send it to us. Bittersweetlife at com. That's bittersweetlife at com. or Tiffany.
1: You can always reach us on social media. Uh, we are at the Bittersweet Life podcast on most places or bittersweet pod on twitter uh, we love interacting with our listeners on social media so uh, please find us there if you haven't already
0: and don't forget to look for those links that tiffany has in the show notes if you want to get more involved
1: yes absolutely
0: and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany barks join us again bye bye support for the bittersweet life comes from our listeners we depend on you To pay for the enjoyment that you get listening to this show. For all the ideas you've gained, all the great authors you've spent time with, for the intimate adventure that we're on. This show isn't free. It comes with monthly costs for us, and weekly time commitments that are as encompassing as a part-time job. If you love it, please pay for it. My thanks this week to our patrons at patreon.com. Your monthly commitment to us means extra episodes for you check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And a huge thank you to those of you who donate one time or monthly through PayPal using the donate button at our website. For monthly donors of $10 or more on PayPal, I will soon be getting you extra content as well. Thank you so much, especially some of you who have been with us since nearly the beginning. Love the show? You listen free, that's true. But if you have the means, say thank you for all you've gained by listening even if it was just a smile or a laugh. There are links in the show notes. Thank you.